When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 340 on Now You Know. Thank you to Surfshark for sponsoring this video. Surfshark is a VPN, a virtual private network that protects your online activities. Surfshark adds a layer of protection that encrypts your online data to keep passwords and content safe when you're online, even when using public Wi-Fi. We all know companies track every move that you make online. Some websites even show you a price based on your location. You can use Surfshark to shop online and get the best price no matter where you are. And if you're traveling, Surfshark will allow you to connect with your home country so you can stream content and websites that may not be available at your location. Plus, Surfshark lets you watch different content from around the world. You pick a server anywhere and connect to your streaming service. We really like that you can have unlimited devices on one account. We have it for all of our shared devices, and you can share your Surfshark account with your friends and family. It's easy to use. You just install the Surfshark app on devices that you'd like to use with a VPN. Once you install the Surfshark application, you'll be able to connect to a VPN, protect your connection, access streaming content securely, and more within a single click. Secure your digital life. Try it today for free. Surfshark offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to Surfshark.com to learn more. Click on the link below and use our promo code. Ooh, what's this? Tesla revealed a new paint color for the Model S and X last week called Ultra Red. So this is in addition to the regular red? No, this seems to replace that older red. So I can tell that it's darker, but do we have any photos comparing the new Ultra Red to the original multi-coat red? Luckily, we do. The Kilowatt spotted a Model X with Ultra Red at the Fremont factory last week and got some photos comparing it to a Model Y. Tesla said in an email to new Model S and X buyers that Ultra Red features a high chroma color and multi-layered paint process that delivers an exceptionally vibrant finish. All right, so what does this new color cost? It is a $3,000 upgrade up from what was a $2,500 upgrade for the old multi-coat red. Some of the new Ultra Red Model S's and X's have already been spotted in the production lot at Fremont, so Tesla is already producing them. And this isn't the Midnight Cherry Red that's offered in Europe? No. Sawyer Merritt tweeted the difference. Ah, there is kind of a difference there, I see. 
So $500 more now for this new ultra red. Um, and I did the math. That's like a 0.5% additional margin for Tesla, which I mean, it's not nothing. Why didn't you list that among our assets in the first place? That's true. I mean, some businesses, that's their whole business model. <laughs> right. is that, that much. Also, the new glass roof for the Model S, according to Tesla, they've just changed it. It now weighs less and it lets in five times more light compared to the previous glass roof while still providing the same level of UV and heat protection. Now, aren't people not going to want that because in sunny places, didn't they want it kind of tinted so that it wouldn't be too you know, sunny? In my opinion, and I know that I live... We're above the tropic of cancer, you know, so we're 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 getting you know, we're in Boston. Right. So, I mean, I know that it's not the most sunniest place in the world, but right. I still think that like my Model 3's sunroof, I wish the tint wasn't so strong. Right. Because you're up here near the Arctic I mean, Circle. I'm talking about people in Arizona and Southern California. I mean, you can buy covers to cover the glass True. if it's really that big a problem. But I think it's just nice to have the option to be able to enjoy having such a beautiful sunroof. Hey, would you hit the like button for us? It really helps us out. Thanks. So I don't know about you, but whenever Tesla has a recall, it seems like anyone I bump into that week has to bring it up to with me. Hey, did you hear about the Tesla recall? What's going on? Do you think it's because Elon's been spending too much time at Twitter and not enough time tightening bolts at the Gigafactory? I know, frustrating, I know. Because GM, Ford, and Chrysler, now Stellantis, have had the most number of recalls. In fact, in 2021, NHTSA issued over a thousand safety recalls involving 35 million vehicles, and it hardly ever gets any attention. Yeah, check out this infographic here where you can see the um, the orange and yellow colors. Those are the most recalls. Mm -hmm. And so uh, General Motors at the top, Ford, Chrysler. Those are the most recalls from 1983 to 2022. Yes, Tesla had a couple recalls last week. One was the 3470 Model Ys recalled over concerns that the rear seat backs may not be properly fastened, which could cause a reduction in the seatbelt system's performance. These will have to be brought into Tesla service for a service visit to check them. Now, only about 4% of the 3,500 vehicles should have the problem, which appears to be a bolt from the seat back frame to the lower seat frame that wasn't properly torqued. Weak arm Dan strikes again. Sorry, I'm just so tired from playing Frisbee over the weekend. And the second story about Tesla, of course, is that NHTSA announced last Wednesday that they are investigating two reports of Model Ys delivered without steering wheel retaining bolts. Yeah, in one case tweeted here by Prerak and Niha Patel, the Model Y steering wheel came off. Luckily, no one was injured. So this must have been weak arm Dan's cousin, Forgetful Frank. Now, what's the next step? I forget what I was doing. It rhymes with dolt. So it's not a recall, but it could affect about 123,000 2023 Model Ys. Just to put this in perspective, Nissan is also recalling uh, 1,100 Arias for the same reason. And the reason that they aren't recalling more is because, well, they just didn't make any more. <laughs> exactly. And, and I get it. Safety is no laughing matter. But again, I'd like to put this in perspective. The next time your coworker brings up the story of Tesla recall, oh no, send them this chart. Okay. This shows that since 1966, GM... Ford and Chrysler had over half the recalls. What? Oh, I hear what you're saying. You're saying, but Zach and Jesse, that chart is from 1966 and Tesla wasn't making cars then. Okay, here's the chart from 2009 through today. Do you see Tesla anywhere in the top 10? No? Right, because it's filled with Ford, Daimler, Chrysler, GM, BMW, VW, and Honda. Or better yet, Hop on over to our Now You Know Clips channel, where we cut up these stories into bite-sized clips that you can easily share with your friends and family. 
So I don't know if you remember this, but two years ago, Tesla made it a lot harder for people to order power walls by requiring customers to also buy a solar rooftop system. Oh, yeah, that was because Tesla like had so many back orders for power walls. They were trying to slow demand down and kind of catch up with their orders. Well, now Tesla has made it so that customers can order power walls again, regardless of whether they're ordering rooftop solar. So power walls are priced at $9,200 each right now, but you get a discount when you're ordering multiple power walls. Like you can get like, I think over 10% if you're getting like three or more. Each power wall stores 13.5 kilowatt hours of power. Now we have four power walls and it really changes the way that I feel about storms. I'm no longer worried about losing power. And we get paid during hot summer days and cold winter days when the grid has peak demand. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I get checks from Tesla because I let my utility company use my power walls for a limited time during peak needs. And I feel good because I'm helping my neighborhood without the need for a fossil fuel peaker plant to fire up. And Tesla has VPPs in places like California and Texas, where you can also get paid and store power when it's cheap, like at night. So Tesla has finally started releasing FSD beta 11.3.1 to public testers. The release started last week on Tuesday night. This quote unifies the vision and planning stack on and off highway and replaces the legacy highway stack, which is over four years old. Now, a lot of early testers like Dirty Tesla and Black Model 3 are reporting good drives with very few interventions, many with none at all. There are a lot of under the hood changes, but the most noticeable are the new visualization changes, like the messages at the top of the screen telling the driver what FSD beta is planning, like this one stating stopping for traffic light. And now there's a line where the car plans to stop. Uh, no word yet on when the update will go to wide release, but I'm kind of of two minds about this rollout. I mean, I think the fast release was to answer NHTSA's four concerns, um, and those are here. And so that was really smart of Tesla to just quickly nip that in the bud, like NHTSA, you have a problem? Here's our answer. Mm. But the slow rollout, I think, is to make sure that it's really solid before the wide release. Um, what are your thoughts? Comment below. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to start using it and we'll report back. So now that Tesla has announced that their next Gigafactory will be located in Nuevo Leon, Mexico, the next logical question that everyone wants to know is when will it be up and running? Well, we got some news on that last week when Nuevo Leon Governor Samuel Garcia said in an interview that permits could be issued this month. He said they're waiting for the final permits. Once that's done, they can start hopefully this very month in March. I think that by next year in 2024, there will be the first autos. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. And this does fit with what Tesla's Gigafactory chief Tom Zhu has said about Tesla aiming to build the Gigafactory in just nine months. Nine months. That is insanely fast. I mean, Giga Shanghai took nine and a half months to build, which was unprecedented. I know. It really is cool. I can't wait to see that get up and running. So remember last week we talked about the new cameras on the Model S. Yeah, there was a new rear camera. The four cameras on the sides were all new and it even looked like the three in the front had been upgraded. Well, it turns out that one of the front facing cameras was fake. What? Fake, 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 fake. Yeah, it's a dummy camera. In fact, it's even in the Tesla manual of these new hardware for cars. Quote, the bi-camera assembly has cutouts for three camera lens assemblies, but one of the cutouts is populated with a dummy camera. What? I mean, okay, I get that you can do FSD with two forward-facing cameras, but why the dummy camera? Like, I get you might need three slots for either future expansion or flipping cameras or for right-hand drive markets or something, but couldn't you just use a plastic cover? Why make a fake camera lens? I know, it, it's weird. I mean, 
My only thought is um, these cameras are behind the glass windshield, which is coming down in front of them. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, looking out through that. So my thought is that there could be reflections of light coming from the cameras themselves that they see on the glass in front of them. Okay. So the sun comes shining in, mm -hmm. it hits the camera lenses, it gets all bounced around, mm -hmm. and it might, you know, as you're driving along, cast bright spots on uh, the windshield in front of them. Okay. And they see that. Okay. So if they get good at full self-driving, right, they are the eyes, mm -hmm. um, they're going to get used to seeing that reflection. Okay. But if you needed to someday replace that dummy camera with a real one, mm -hmm. the good news is there isn't going to be much of a difference in the reflection. But if that dummy camera wasn't there and you had a plain plastic cover, mm -hmm. then it wouldn't be casting the same the look. same stuff so i think that it has to do actually with light because if they replaced a, a plastic cover with a camera then all of a sudden you'd have new bright spots in the in the full self-driving camera which is based on neural net learning would be like oh my god what's that but didn't they design this whole assembly so that it doesn't do that kind of reflection like it has that special liner inside and it doesn't reflect light I'm just saying there's got to be some reflection when the sun's pointing directly in. These are just camera lenses. They're going to bounce light around inside their little box. Couldn't it just be a placeholder for another camera? Like, I mean, it is a placeholder for another camera. But you're saying the lens is there to just kind of mimic a lens. Right. I mean, a lot of people are saying like, they're trying to trick us. Or some people are saying like, that's not very sustainable of you, Tesla. You could have just put a little piece of cardboard there. I think that it has to, it has, I mean, why else would they do this? Hmm. It's either for looks, which I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, I noticed your Tesla here, but, uh, oh, I looked into the little tiny thing that's the hardest part of the car to see. And I, I noticed that you had the plastic cover as opposed to the dummy camera. Like, I don't uh -huh. think that that's it. I have, to, I have to imagine that it's because of FSD. Hey, comment below. Let us know what you think. Because I, I could be wrong. What? So Elon spoke on Twitter slides at a Morgan Stanley conference about Twitter last week. But he also took some questions at the end of the call about Tesla. And he was asked, of course, about Tesla's next gen car. Elon said that this next gen car will operate, quote, almost entirely in autonomous mode. And I want to dive into what he means. Right, because I think it's easy to misunderstand. I mean, first, people might hear that and think, well, that's just Elon hyperbole. That's just aspirational. Well, hang on, um, though, because if a car is going to drive almost entirely in autonomous mode, then it truly will be a next gen car, meaning it probably won't have many of the features that today's cars have when it comes to the human driver components. Right. Like, will it have rear view and side view mirrors? Uh, will it have a steering wheel or will that steering wheel only come out when needed? Will it have pedals or will those only come out when needed? Or will it not have those controls at all, but will be remotely driven in the event that the onboard computer can't figure out what to do? And when is this next gen car coming? I mean, if it is going to be built at Giga Mexico and if Giga Mexico could be producing cars as early as next year. Yeah, but Elon's almost always a bit late on production dates, don't you think? I mean, what do you think? What's going to be in this next gen car? It could just be a smaller, cheaper version of, say, a Model 3, but it could also be a more futuristic car that we've never seen before. And here is the problem, I think, with the SAE levels one, two, three, four and five. Uh, we're all just driving around with pretty much level two now in Teslas, which means you, the driver, have to be alert at all times. SAE 5 would be there's no controls for you as the driver. The car just drives itself. You can be asleep. You can be not in the car. But when Elon says almost entirely in autonomous mode, that must mean level three or four, 
probably four, which means that sometimes you, the driver, does have to take over, which means it probably does have to have those controls and rearview mirrors and all that stuff because as a driver, you need those things. So that's what's kind of confusing me here. Is this you know, a truly level five car? It doesn't sound like it from what he said. A couple weeks ago, we reported that Ford stopped production of their F-150 Lightning pickup truck being produced at the Rouge Electric Vehicle Center in Michigan because one of the trucks in the production lot had a battery fire. Now that production pause started on February 14th. After four weeks, Ford is now issuing a recall of 18 Lightnings already delivered for potential battery cell defects. A Ford spokesperson said they were still applying quality actions to already produced vehicles with batteries built in this four-week window, which we have been holding. So Ford says they plan to resume production on March 13th, which was yesterday. So what's the issue with the batteries? Well, Ford hasn't said yet, only that there were some lightnings built with potentially faulty battery cells from their partner SK On at their Georgia battery plant. The Lightning is a popular truck, and Ford said a couple weeks ago that they plan to triple production to reach an annual run rate of 150,000 this year. And this may be the problem. When these traditional ICE manufacturers try to build EVs too fast, and they ramp up too fast, and they demand all their suppliers ramp up fast, I think this is where you run into problems where it's like, okay, just get them the batteries. It doesn't matter if they're good. I think it was pretty interesting to me that they only were recalling, was it 18 Lightnings? That seems like... a oddly specific number. I know. I, I think it's because they, they they know there was one small batch that probably went out too early. And I mean, to give them credit, I mean, that's a good to hear. Yeah. No, I mean, I hope they've caught. I, I hope that that's not the tip of the iceberg where it's like, right. well, those are the 18 that we really knew about. And <laughs> of the thousands that we've delivered, there's going to be, you know, some percentage that is going to have some battery fire problem. Exactly. But yeah. um, here's hoping for all yep. you lightning owners. Including us. <laughs> Including us. It's a little selfish of me. So do you remember way back in the summer of 22? Let's see. The summer of 1922. Oh, yes. President Warren Harding introduced the first radio in the White House. No, so. no. Sorry. Sorry. I meant the summer of 2022. Oh, you mean last summer. Okay. Yeah. Last summer, GM had started making the Hummer EV six months earlier, and they were just ramping up production. And by the summer of 22, they were making 12 Hummer EVs per day. Well... I know that they have a backlog of like 80,000 orders. So what is their run rate now? 12 per day. No, no, no. What's their run rate today? 12 per day. But it's like seven months later. How can they still only be making 12 vehicles per day? That's 15 months after they started production. Well, it's a similar story that GM is having with the Cadillac Lyric EV. They only delivered 122 of the Lyrics in all of 2022. So what gives? Well, for one thing, GM doesn't have much incentive to make the Hummer EV very fast because since October, they've had a stop sales order since they discovered that water can seep into the 212 kilowatt hour battery pack. And this has forced GM to issue a recall for all the Hummer EVs that they delivered so far. I mean, 212 kilowatt hours. That is a big honking pack. Especially when it's full of water. <laughs> but I mean, didn't GM CEO Mary Barra say that GM was going to be overtaking Tesla? And we have said that, you know, by mid-decade, we will be selling more EVs in this country than anyone else. Including Tesla. Including Tesla. Mid-decade. That's only like two years away. You change the whole story, Mary, wherever, wherever you are. There you are. You electrified the entire automobile industry. I'm serious. You led. That's what leading looks like? 12 EVs a day? I mean, how many EVs is Tesla making per day, by the way? Mm, about 2,300 per day. Whoa. 
Wow. Kind of puts it in perspective, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, what what is that? Two hundred X. Yeah, <laughs> I know that the I know the GM's making bolts too, but it isn't. Well, they're not making. They're them. not making. Tw- <laughs> Tesla was granted a patent for their Cybertruck wheel covers by the U.S. Patent Office last week. Interesting to note that Tesla filed for that patent on November twenty first, twenty nineteen. That they seem familiar. That's the same day that we were at Tesla's design studio for the Cybertruck reveal. Boy, the U.S. Patent Office sure takes their time, though, huh? Yeah, the patent was granted on March 7th, so that's, what, 40 months. But hey, Tesla now has protected that design for the next 15 years. And according to the patent application, one of the designers of this wheel cover was Tesla's chief designer, Franz von Holshausen. So these are the wheel covers that we saw at the Cybertruck reveal event, and then they seem to disappear for a while. Yeah, but now they seem to be back. Uh, We saw them on Cybertruck at the Investor Day event and other sightings. So it's safe to say, I think, that these will be incorporated into the production version of Cybertruck, which could be coming as early as this summer. And I mean, what do you guys think? Is this what you wanted to see on your Cybertruck? I think they're pretty cool. I think that if it's basically a choice, kind of like the Model 3 and and Y, if you get it with the wheel covers, you can take the wheel covers off and there's a different looking wheel under there. Mm. And I think that that has kind of helped differentiate looks between the two exactly same cars, you Mm. know, that you'd have in a parking lot and one person decided to take the wheel covers off and you're like, oh, two slightly different looking cars. And And some people paint them. Right. And I think with the Cybertruck, since there's only going to be one color, stainless steel, having minor differences is going to be important for people. Do you think you paint your stainless steel color? I don't know. Maybe I wonder if people are going to start making stainless steel wheel covers. Ooh. A little dangerous. <laughs> Go over pothole. Hey, and if you want to talk about all this fun Cybertruck stuff, head on over to our sponsor, the Cybertruck Owners Club. That's where you're going to find their news and discussions and their crowdsource reservation tracker. That's where we found out that we're number 20 in the line. Zach and I are planning to attend Micromobility Europe 2023. And you're probably asking, what is that? Well, that is going to be a really fun in-person event in Amsterdam on June 8th and 9th. There you can ride on small electric vehicles, learn how to create more livable urban areas and build a more sustainable world. Yeah, it's going to be fun. There's going to be a test track there. So as you see something, you'll probably be able to ride it. I know that I'm going to probably want to ride on everything. Um, And we got a special discount for our viewers. So if you go to the link below, you can save 20% off the ticket price now. And the tickets are going up in price. So the faster you move, the more you save. Yeah, don't wait. These are the early bird prices. And yeah, they're going up. And also, if you want to just hang out, um, there's an afternoon ticket price, which isn't that expensive. And you also get 20% off that as well. So if you just if you're not in the mood for like a whole two day thing, but you just want to kind of maybe meet us, uh, go ahead and check out a ticket and uh, stop by. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you guys this summer. Speaking of e-mobility, over on our Now Let's Review channel, we just reviewed the Kugu Kirin G3 e-scooter. Now, I had a lot of fun on this one. It's great for exploring new cities and towns. I don't know about you and your areas, but around New England, we have lots of great places to explore. The typical problem, though, is that if you explore in your car, you only get quick glimpses of things and you can't stop to check out stores and restaurants as easily. And if you explore by foot, you can't cover that much ground. On an e-scooter like the Kugu, I'm able to pretty much stop anywhere and check things out, like pop into a store or sit on a park bench and then hop back on the scooter to continue my exploring. Yeah, and e-scooters like the Kugu are quiet, which is so important for being able to talk together as we scoot. Also, the front and rear suspension is super nice for the occasional bumps in the road. It really soaks them up well with nice grippy tires, so it feels really safe. If you're thinking about e-mobility, go subscribe to Now Let's Review and check out our reviews. And we also review EV chargers. Yeah, we recently reviewed the Max Peating Rods 40 amp EV charging station. And as you may know, 
after we're done testing and reviewing a lot of the EV chargers on NLR, we give them away to our Patreon patrons. So this week we are giving away the Max Speeding Rods EV charging station to Paul. Yeah, Paul said, I'd love to get my hands on the charger. It's a perfect solution for installation at my small business. Currently, we have just a 40 amp outlet and we would open up to customers who have electric vehicles that need a charge or quick boost. This would allow us to control who uses the outlet when we're not open, as well as monitoring the energy consumption. It's the perfect solution to our situation. Great job on the review and keep them coming. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're installing this for your customers, Paul. So thank you, Paul. And one more EV charger going online to make the world a brighter place. So we recently interviewed David Liu. He's the co-founder and CEO of a really cool company called Clarity Movement over on our Disruptive Investment Channel. Now, are you just saying they're really cool because you're an early stage investor in Clarity? No, actually, I didn't remember that I was an angel investor in Clarity until after our pre-interview with David. Something kept nagging me. I was like, I know I've heard of this idea before. So I checked my portfolio and I was like, right, I'm an investor. Yeah, Clarity is cool. They sent us this. This is their remote solar powered air quality sensor. So we could check it out firsthand. We set it up on a tree near our house. It took about five minutes to set up. Yeah, it was super easy. There's nothing to plug in. There's no Wi-Fi passwords to remember. You just strap it to a tree, like you said, and we were up and running and we found out something unexpected. Yeah, you'll have to check it out during the interview to learn what it was. Yet another disruptive company using smart technology to solve problems that used to take longer and cost way more. And a heads up, if you're working for a municipality or an NGO, there are federal grants available to pay for this technology. Yeah, check out our video to find out more. So we've talked before about how Starlink is offering a movable Starlink option for people who travel with their dishes, such as RVers. Starlink has just renamed this service to Starlink Roam, and they're offering a new feature. Yeah, Starlink Roam now has two packages. You can buy a portable dish for $599 or an in-motion dish for $2,500. Then you choose your roaming plan of either $150 a month for what they call regional or $200 a month for what they're calling global. Wait, so what's the difference? Well, apparently regional allows you to travel within the continent of your shipping address, while the global allows you to operate all over the world. Although we're not sure which countries exactly you'll be able to roam in, as Starlink still probably needs approval to operate in specific countries. Right. Speaking of roaming, this is the Lightship L1, which just got unveiled while we were in Austin at South by Southwest. We've reported on this startup before. It was started in 2020 by two ex-Tesla employees, Ben Parker and Toby Kraus, and they call their company the first all-electric RV company. That's because the L1 has its own electric powertrain, so it doesn't reduce your range when towing it. All right, so let's take a look at what we know so far. It's 27 feet long and eight and a half feet wide. It can go from six foot nine inches in trailer mode and then power itself up to 10 feet tall when parked so it can sleep four to six people. It's got its own 80 kilowatt hour battery pack, which means a 300 mile range pickup truck like our Rivian R1T or F-150 Lightning will maintain their 300 mile range when towing this 7,500 pound beast. It's also got solar panels on the roof, so it can generate up to three kilowatts of power for all the amenities inside. So they're planning to begin production in late 24 with a starting price of $125,000. And if that price is giving you sticker shock, it does qualify as a dwelling under the tax code. And because it has solar and a battery, it can qualify for the solar investment tax credit. So I believe you can get that price down to $118,400. Well, that alleviates the sticker <laughs> shock. 
Well, I thought that it was going to be expensive or something. No, no, no. Um, Look, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like buying a truck. It has a huge battery. It's like it's, buying a house. It's a truck. With, it's a house, a truck house. It's a truck house. It's an RV. Uh, there's a $500 deposit. And uh, I'm really excited. We're, re- we're reaching out to the company to see if we can uh, talk to them. Because, you know, the fact that that's the biggest concern, I think, with so many electric trucks is that will I be able to tow my RV? Now you can. And I mean, because it's less of a camper and more of a mobile house with all the amenities that your house would normally have, I mean, it could replace your house. Yeah. You so could just hit the road and the $118,000. I mean, that's a pretty cheap house. You just find an area code with a low property tax and uh, move right in. So Hyundai just released the 2024 Kona last week. Check it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely looks better than the older Konas. The standard range is getting a 48.4 kilowatt hour battery up from 39.2 kilowatt hours, uh, increasing the WLTP range to 213 miles up from 189. But the long range remained the same. Well, except for the motor torque, which has dropped from 395 newton meters to 255 newton meters on both versions. Okay, and the charging rate? I mean, it's been capped at less than 100 kilowatts for years now. No change was mentioned. Darn it. I mean, I know a lot of people love their Konas, and I think that they're a fine EV, but they're seriously missing out on real fast charging. Right. I mean, they usually max out at about 75 kilowatts, which means you're still sitting there for like an hour to get a charge. Compare this with the Tesla Model Y long range, which can charge at 250 kilowatts, and you'll be ready to go in like 15 minutes. And it doesn't sound like much until you need to go for a big trip. Those, you know, three charging stops turn into three hours as opposed to 45 minutes. And I mean, you won't get stuck somewhere in a Kona unless the Electrify America station isn't working. But the charging speed is really holding them back. And I mean, I know it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, Plenty of people love to have this as sometimes their main car, but a lot of times their second car. Well, I think you hit it on the head there. Um, They don't want to change the powertrain because it works. And if you force it to now do a high speed charge, now you're talking, you're probably introducing a whole bunch of problems that they're not ready for. I mean, that's a whole re-engineering of the powertrain. And and here's the thing. I think a lot of people don't really get what we're talking about when Mm -hmm. we talk about, you know, charging speed. They're just like, well, it says fast charging. Uh, They're not all the same. So if you buy a Kona or a Bolt or whatever, you're not really getting to take advantage of all the cool aspects of what an EV can do. And then you're showing it off to your friends and then they're like, well, that sounds like it's going to be a long time at the charging station. And you're like, well, it is. And then that doesn't help sell EVs. So stop doing it. Buy Model Ys. Okay, that's what we're saying. Honda is seizing their new all-electric third-generation AWV, or Autonomous Work Vehicle, prior to Con Expo 2023, which will be held in Las Vegas from March 14th to 18th. Now, I think this was actually a really smart move by Honda. It seems like low-hanging fruit to me. So here's what it's designed to do. It can carry two pallets or up to 2,000 pounds of stuff with an 18.6 kilowatt-hour battery pack for 28 miles of range. I know. Hang on. Hang on. Or 10 hours of driving. Okay, uh, 28 miles of range. We just were you know, making fun of the Kona. This isn't for driving around a city. This is on a construction site. So, I mean, that range may sound low, but its job is to move things around a farm or a construction site autonomously at speeds of only up to 10 miles an hour. Okay, so it can be commanded with a tablet remotely and it will avoid people, other vehicles and objects. Honda tested its second generation vehicle on job sites to collect real world data on how the AWV functioned. And now Honda is looking for construction companies interested in exploring field testing. 
And Honda is also looking for companies to partner with to make accessories for the AWV. So if you want to learn more, if you maybe work for one of those companies, you can email Honda at awv at na.honda.com. And I think that'd be really cool if you're a construction site and you want to see if this would work for you. Think about all those times on a big construction site. I'm talking like, you know, solar fields and stuff like that, where Mm. it's like, you know, it's a mile back to the truck with all the solar panels. If you could just send this thing instead of having to get a guy, get into the pickup truck and go get it. Um, And it's just doing that all day. Yeah. And it's a really interesting concept. I, I want to see it in use. Yeah. All right. It's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I want to thank... Henson again for my uh, lovely razor. Yeah, an hour ago you didn't look the way you look. No, I looked. <laughs> you looked a little scraggly. I looked a little shaggy. <laughs> the nice part about the Henson razor is that it has this amazing single blade design where it's going to hold that blade really well, give you a really nice shave. But does don't all shavers do that? Isn't that what no? They're... No, they don't. Um, cartridge shavers, it's all held in by plastic, and it's not that well tuned. And plus the most cartridge razors have multiple blades, which I'm sorry, does not, you know, shave the single hair multiple times. No, I mean, when I learned that they did that because they couldn't really build it to the tolerances. And so they had to just add more blades, whereas Henson actually does it right. You don't need five blades. You actually just want one and they do it right. Yeah. You measure twice, cut once. You can get a hundred free blades if you use our code. Now, you know, at checkout. So check this out. This is an electric class five crew cab truck with a dump truck bed. Yeah, it's made by specialty vehicle manufacturer, the Shift Group, which is publicly traded, by the way, on NASDAQ. Um, It's under the ticker symbol SHYF. The Shift Group has a commercial EV sub-brand called Blue Arc, which introduced its electric modular chassis platform back in 2021. So Blue Arc partnered with Proterra to make a 165 kilowatt hour battery pack for their first model, which was a class three delivery van, which received an EPA certified range of 200 miles, and they got 2,000 pre-orders for it. Last week, Blue Arc debuted their class five truck, which we're seeing here, built at their Charlotte, Michigan plant. So it's got some really cool stats. Uh, The crew cab can seat six, so you can put your whole crew in there. It can be outfitted with a dump body like we're seeing here with a payload of up to 10,000 pounds. It has a liquid-cooled lithium-ion battery pack, which can be sized from 158 all the way up to 316 kilowatt hours for a range up to 200 miles. The range can be extended with an optional 450-watt-hour solar roof package, and the truck can fully recharge in two hours using DC fast chargers or six hours at level two. And the reason I think this is cool is if I was a landscaping company or something like that, Mm. this seems like it would fit all my needs. You've got probably a lot of people that you need to bring to the job site, and then you need to be able to carry a lot of stuff. And with 200 miles of range, it seems like you could pretty much handle all of your daily jobs. Yeah, I mean, look at the back there. You got all your buddies Mm -hmm. and a table. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And you're talking about the upcoming job, preparing for the day. Yeah, and they have a screen up at the top. So you got like a computer in there. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah, it's kind of like a mobile office. So like one guy can be doing the invoicing and all that kind of stuff and making the phone calls and uh, the rest of the guys can be working. I don't know. I, I just think it looks like a really, it could be a hit. I mean, the proportions of it are really weird because I don't see a lot of like crew cab work Mm. vehicles. Usually it's like 14 pickup trucks and then the dump truck come along. Well, that's kind of the point here. I think that from a maintenance and fuel cost uh, perspective, I think a lot of companies, if they're like, oh, wait, so we don't need another pickup truck. Mm. And because this thing can store tools in that middle section, there, which is really cool. So, yeah, I don't know. Tell us what you guys think. All right. It's time for going green. As you may have guessed, Zach and I love e-biking. Yeah, it's become one of my favorite leisure activities. 
The problem is that biking almost anywhere that doesn't have the proper infrastructure can be dangerous since you might be hit by a car if you bike on the road. And this is why bike lanes are so important. But there's a problem. If you install protected bike lanes in your city, you won't have any way to clean them unless you want to pick up a broom. Until today, introducing the Westvac LS125. This pint-sized little street sweeper measuring at only 48 inches wide can fit into even the tightest bike lanes, cleaning them out at an impressive 15 miles an hour. Wow, that's great. But that's not all. The LS125 is 100% electric and runs off a 62 kilowatt hour battery pack, giving it that all-day energy for over nine hours of work per charge. Then when the job is done and the lanes are clean, charge it up overnight using a standard J1772 charger. The Westvac LS125 can be yours for just 12,500 easy payments of 1995. Whoa, how much? Yeah, it's a $250,000 machine. Oh, okay. I mean, but for specialty equipment, that's in the realm of normal pricing. Right. And it's going to be cheaper to operate than a gas version. That's really cool. I mean, I I wonder how many municipalities are going to want to bite the bullet, though, and do that. I feel like so many municipalities, when they do put in bike lanes, are like, we're done. You're taking care of that from now on. Yeah, it was interesting because Ann Arbor just bought this one. And what they were saying was they had all of these uh, bike lanes that they put in, but they didn't protect them Mm. because they didn't know how they could clean them. And it's pretty Uh. important to clean bike lanes, especially because. Oh, so now they can add protection. Yeah, they, they literally have the lanes. And they wanted to put in, you know, bollards and stuff to protect them, mm-hmm. um, but they just couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, now with this little guy, they can do that. That's so cool. Hey, and if you guys are out on the road and you happen to catch one of these, please send them in to our community meal time. All right, it's time for sunspots. So the fossil fuel lobby has fought hard to vilify wind turbines from astroturfing campaigns to advertisements and their throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks strategy has paid off in the form of convincing environmentalists that wind is bad because you can't recycle wind turbine blades. Uh, Never mind that there's more waste in coal ponds, which is actually hazardous and liquid. And uh, those aren't recycled either unless they're dumped into your water supply. But now Siemens has figured out a way to recycle wind turbines and they're using this technology on 44 of their 100 offshore wind turbines that they're installing off the coast of Germany. So suck it, faux environmentalist, fossil fuel, psyop, astroturfing goblins. We solved your fake problem. Wow. Uh, How does it work? So basically they take the wind turbine blade and they put it in a mild acid solution, which is used to break up the wind turbine into its separate components, which can then be recycled and reconstituted back into more wind turbine blades. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me they took the blade and just like sanded it and painted it again. No, apparently they actually uh, take it all apart. So for wind turbine blades that are completely unusable, uh, you can take all the components out of it and uh, be recycling most of it. Oh, because I mean, I thought the worst that would happen to most of these blades would be that they would just get nicked and scratched and that you just like re-epoxy them and stuff. Like, I think that you're right in in that the damage to most wind turbine blades is not you know, insurmountable. I think the thing is that they're changing the design of wind turbine blades, mm-hmm. um, both in making them bigger and also changing their design. So it doesn't actually make sense to take an old blade and put oh, it on just a new it. wind turbine. Um, so this is a new system where you can actually recycle uh, wind turbine blades. Um, again, it's not, it's one of these things that's like not a problem, but they've convinced us that it's a problem. They're like, yeah. look, they had to bury all these wind turbine blades. And it's like, like how we bury all of the trash that we have. Right. And and this stuff, like, 
doesn't have anything hazardous in it. It's not going to pollute the groundwater or anything, right. but, and we can dig them up and recycle them now. Yeah, yeah. And look, if you'd like to become your own small energy provider yourself, talk to the team at EnergyPal, because I know you've got questions about putting solar and batteries in your house. These guys are the experts and they can do this for you for free. Let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. They'll talk to you about all the different options and give you all the choices. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And remember, we need your stories. So send them in to us two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape with good audio, no music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. One of our editors, David, made this video contributor story about an autonomous bus that he had to check out in Cary, North Carolina. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Zach and Jesse, David here, and I wanted to share an experience I had this week with riding an autonomous bus. This is located at Cary's Bond Park in Cary, North Carolina, and they are testing this bus for the next four months. It is fully autonomous, but it does have an operator that rides with it uh, just to need, if it needs to take over for any reason. And it runs a one-mile loop around the park with four stops, maximum speed of 12 miles an hour. Um, it has an 80 kilowatt hour battery, which the operator says will last all day. Um, so I don't know how many loops it does in a day. It runs for six hours a day. And my experience is it's nowhere near what Tesla is with their self-driving. A lot of very sharp braking and uh, lurching braking. It also uh, does not go around people that well. It, it stops if someone was walking around on the, down the road, which we experienced. It couldn't just go past that person. So the operator had to take over just to get around it. Um, but otherwise it was a very cool experience. It seats uh, 12 people, four in the front, four in the back, and then four on the side where the operator is. So I think it's a very cool experience and I'm hoping that, you know, once they get this software a little better, hopefully take a couple pages from uh, Tesla's playbook, um, this will be a very neat, way of doing transportation. They say it is available in other parts of the country. Its main spot is in Atlanta where it has its own lane in a lot of the areas that it runs. So it really doesn't have to worry too much about other traffic. Well, I wanted to share this and now you know. Thank you, David. And thank you for all of our editors doing a great job on the show. I'm just so excited to have you guys be part of the team. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And over on Patreon this week, we've got a new country giving Tesla the green light. 
Adam Jonas on the Cybertruck, some Ford fluff, and a new Giga Shanghai video along with Investor Club bonus stories on Tesla and SVB and much more. So head over to patreon.com slash now you know. Support us for as little as a buck a month. You get all these Patreon bonus stories. We'll see you there. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are the great folks who support the show, make it possible to do what we do, and then they get their name on the end credits. So who do we got this week? We've got George Bryan, E. Malore, Mark Henry, Dennis Wilson, and Ralph Orzo. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without your support. So we had a Patreon poll this week? Yes. We asked, what was up with the dummy camera? Oh, and what did they say? Well, here's what they said. Hmm. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. We're going to move fast because he had a lot of tweets. Uh, don't blame me. Blame the big guy. All right, so be careful to not almost die from using this app too long on the toilet. I speak from experience. When you get off the toilet after spending an hour looking at memes. So Colin Rugg said, breaking, CNN told their staff not to share COVID-19 lab leak theory due to it being a Trump talking point. Hey, Elon, when are you going to label CNN as state-affiliated media? Elon replied, he said, good point. If an organization portrays itself as balanced, but is not, it should be labeled to inform the public. Wall Street Silver says the Dutch government plans to shut down thousands of farms by 2030. Pure insanity. Don't let this spread. Elon said, this is messed up and will not make a difference to climate. And then he continued to say, idiocracy is happening so fast. Jay Bhattacharya says, now that it's clear to everyone with eyes to see that Fauci organized a cover-up to squash the lab leak hypothesis, here's a reminder that he tried to fool the public on the science of lockdown and COVID mitigation too. And Elon replied, bullseye. The rabbit hole says, as of February 2020, a mere 9% considered American news sources to have no bias. This was before COVID-19 and the subsequent chaos. Elon says, new Twitter is the source of truth. Shibatoshi Nakamoto says, my opinion is a lot of people are experiencing what they've been dishing out and don't like it, but no one is going to learn because humans are pretty blind to their own BS. Elon said, yep, they can dish it out, but they can't take it. Mark says, lowest excess deaths in Europe over 2020 to 2022 goes to Sweden, the one country that did not panic and toss out all wisdom. Elon said, Sweden's steadfastness was incredible. And Richard Tice says Swedish schools stayed open because they followed scientific advice. Their children did not have to wear masks. If only UK government had done the same, millions of children here would not have suffered damage to their education and mental health. Elon said, much respect for Sweden. Elon then said, it's a major priority to enable monetization by content creators. People need to make a living and prosper from their work. We need to make it possible to upload the content in the first place. That's getting there. So I'm talking excited. about Twitter. That's okay. Greg Price tweeted, breaking, never before seen video of January 6th shows Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman, being led through the Capitol by police the entire time that he was in the building. And Greg went on to say the J6 committee lied about how Brian Sicknick died, lied about Barry Loudermilk taking rioters on a reconnaissance mission, lied about Josh Howley running away, lied about Ray Epps being a credible witness. Elon replied, he says, besides misleading the public, they withheld evidence for partisan political reasons that sent people to prison for far more serious crimes than they committed. That is deeply wrong, legally and morally. He also retweeted the New York Post saying footage shows Capitol cop Brian Sicknick uninjured on January 6th. Charlie Kirk says breaking Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell calls it a mistake for Tucker Carlson and Fox News to release the never before seen J6 footage. Elon said, I keep forgetting which party he belongs to. Doge designer says the Oscar winning filmmaker Alex Gibney is making a film on Elon Musk. Elon said it's a hit piece. Hmm. Musk University says many go woke for the moral cloak. And that's a quote from Elon. Elon replied to his own quote. He said, so many guys who got me too went woke for the moral cloak. 
Zuby says the biggest problem in the West right now is many people no longer believe the future will be better than the past. This demoralization leads to cultural malaise, and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Shame people didn't inject themselves with optimism instead. Elon replied, he said, this pervasive cultural pessimism is at the heart of societal dysfunction. Better to be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. Michael Schellenberger says the Biden administration is demanding that Elon Musk explain why he allowed journalists access to the Twitter files. This is an outrageous attack on the First Amendment. Elon replied, he said, a shameful case of weaponization of a government agency for political purposes and suppression of the truth. Jay Bhattacharya says the Biden administration's casual violation of the First Amendment should shock every journalist, even those not fond of Elon Musk. What is the limiting principle? This inquisition could extend to any journalist. Elon said, this is a serious attack on the Constitution by a federal agency. Andrzej says, I'm from Poland, country with little connection with Elon, and yet all the mass media here are doing the same. Everything that can be described in negative ways, they do, sometimes neutral about SpaceX, positive rarely, and also look on people's faces when I say I admire him. Really weird. Elon replied, he said, even Poland mainstream media, sigh. How did almost all Western media become such an NPC group mind? Bill Lee says, can't wait to try V11. He's talking about FSD here. Elon said version 11 is a major step change improvement, still needs another point release of polish before rolling out wide. Peter Diamantis says our linear mind literally cannot grasp exponential progression. We were never designed to process at this scale or this speed. Elon said true. Josh Howley says, and still no accountability. Who has Biden fired? Who has resigned for this debacle? Hundreds of Americans left to the enemy and 13 dead service members about a soldier who is not allowed to take out a bomber. Um, and Elon said, extremely troubling. Wall Street Silver says Japan's population problem visualized. Japan is leading this trend, but Europe is heading towards the same demographic trend. And Elon says population collapse is the biggest threat to civilization. And then uh, Elon tweeted out this meme of insert cartridge run program of Elon Musk is the enemy. And Elon says sometimes we miss here at Starbase. Then Elon responded to Matt Taibbi, who put out the latest Twitter files saying concerning. And this is related to this tweet. Representative Mike Johnson says the federal government used Twitter to censor American speech. Twitter was basically an FBI subsidiary before Elon Musk took it over. The Twitter files should be a matter of bipartisan concern for every member of Congress and every American citizen. Elon said true. Jonathan Turley says, I have to run to a speech, but I never thought I would come to see this day when Democrats trash journalists for seeking to disclose government censorship work and pressing them for their sources and confidential information. Elon says, so bizarre. Then some science here. Shibatoshi says it would take 1.3 million Earths to fill up the sun. We are tiny, not to mention the sun is tiny. Elon replied, he said, yeah, that's really mind blowing. Our sun will massively expand and engulf the Earth in the future, so it won't be tiny forever. <laughs> it won't get that big. I don't know. We won't be around. Doge designer says media wants to control what you know, which is why citizen journalism is essential. And that's a quote from Elon. Elon replied, he says, accurate. How did media go from questioning authority to doing their bidding as a collective NPC hive mind? Alex Cohen says, I feel bad for Silicon Valley Bank right now. They've been the biggest capital partner to founders, employees and investors over the last decade, and they're being completely turned on by all of them. If SVB goes under, it would be detrimental to the startup community. Elon said true. Dan Primack says, one, this is silly, as is the hearing. We know where most of Elon's money came from to, for Twitter in terms of banks and outside equity. And two, the idea that any passive investor can influence how Musk operates his companies runs counter to most of Musk's history. 
Elon said, this is such lame propaganda. And this is basically Congress grilling Matt Taibbi asking him, who's your source? Musk tweeted out that Falcon 9 launches 41 web satellites to orbit, the first stage booster returns to Earth. And then Jay Bhattacharya says, instead of investigative reporting and objective news on the COVID origins debate, SciComm journalists play the part of narrative enforcers for Tony Fauci and others. Top journals like Science, Nature, and The Lancet did the same. Their editors failed. Elon said, absolutely. Wall Street Silver says, maybe it's time for some new people to take over. This group isn't working out so great. And here are the ages of some of the people in charge of our, uh, you know, government and other stuff. And Elon replied, he said, the gerontocracy is real. And then Elon tweeted out, free Jacob Chansley, along with this video that you won't see on CNN. Chansley got four years in prison for a nonviolent police escorted tour. Dave Chappelle was violently assaulted on stage by a guy with a knife. That guy got a $3,000 fine and no prison time. Jonathan Turley says one MSNBC commentator angrily objected that this is criminal evidence, ignoring that it is evidence that was denied to criminal defendants. I spoke with Chansley's new counsel, Bill Shipley, and confirmed that defense counsel did not have this material. And we're talking about the footage of Chansley walking around the Capitol on January 6th. And Elon said, wow. Tom Fitton says, what? Top Democrat on the Pelosi-Trump J6 committee? We actually didn't review any of the surveillance video? And Elon said, this sounds insane. What did they review? Michael Wise says, video of Jacob Chansley walking into Capitol seconds after people break through a window and open the door. And presumably he left an anonymous note in the chamber about Pence. So not entirely innocent. There should definitely be a non-zero punishment. Elon said, yeah, I agree. He should get non-zero punishment. But four years in prison is too much for a non-violent crime. And then Elon tweeted out this meme of crypto is a scam. Keep money in banks or banks are scam. Keep money in crypto. Talking about the SVB and other banks uh, failing. Garber says crucial stats about the FDIC reserves. And so this is a little troubling, as Elon says, comforting. I think he meant that jokingly. I mean, we have a twenty two trillion dollar banking system and they only have one hundred and twenty four billion in reserves. So, yeah, troubling. And then Elon tweeted out a rocket taking off. And the International Space Station with the hatch now closed between the Dragon Endurance spacecraft and the space station. The rabbit hole tweeted out 11% of Americans over the age of 12 take antidepressants. And uh, Elon replied with an exclamation point. Elon said, major problem. These are oversubscribed in America. And rabbit hole tweeted out Goldfish Nation, that total Adderall prescriptions in the U.S. going up. Elon said, guaranteed increase in anger levels. The sum of a cult should be greater than the parts, profits, and profits. Dave Lee says this AI-generated image is from mid-journey version 5 alpha. Huge jump from version 4. The pace of AI development right now is insane. And uh, yeah, that picture, it's not the pictures on the wall that were like printed out. The whole image that you're seeing was made by mid-journey. And Elon says mid-journey is very impressive. Min Liang Tan says, I think Twitter should buy SVB and become a digital bank. And look how Elon replied. I'm open to the idea. Ho, ho, ho. Interesting. Keith Olbermann says, please remember to report this tweet for violating rules by denying a violent event. And this is when Elon said, I'm not part of MAGA, but I do believe in fairness of justice. Chansley was falsely portrayed in the media as a violent criminal who tried to overthrow the state and who urged others to commit violence. But here he is urging people to be peaceful and go home. And then Elon replied to that and he said, have you considered a career in comedy? I mean, I don't think that he was denying the existence of the event. No, not at all. He it's was just very, saying, like, he's being very specific. Super nuanced, right? Well, like, and, and then Keith Olbermann says, have you considered a career in business, Elon? And then Elon says, I do hope to succeed in business. Yeah, so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> he's only the richest man in the world. I don't know. 
Musk University had this quote from Elon. You can train yourself to pay attention to the tiny details. I think almost anyone can. This is very much a double-edged sword because then you can see all the little details and then the little details drive you crazy. And Elon replied with a double-edged sword. Well, two swords. Henry Grabar says, you're the richest man in the world. You're building a new city and this is what you come up with. And Elon said, this article is false. He's not Thanks, mass doing media. that. And then South Park tweeted out the uh, all new deep learning episode. And Elon was like, double fire. Yeah, these last couple episodes have been great if you can catch them. Representative Matt Gates says, Elon is a total and complete phony. He is owned lock, stock and barrel by the Chinese Communist Party. And he acts like it. That's a quote from Steve Bannon. And Elon replied, he said, I used to think Bannon was smart and evil, but now I realize I was wrong about the first part. <laughs> Mark Andreessen says, what percentage of published academic research papers are worth anything? Roughly half of the fields are useless. 90% of the research from real fields is marginal at best. Half or more of the remainder doesn't replicate. So about 2.5%. AI text generation can't make this much worse, can it? Elon said, fact checking sounds Juanita Broderick says, very intelligent statement from Jacob Chansley. Watch. And Elon says, this shaman slash muffin guardian is obviously not going to overthrow the state. As a side note, we finally know the muffin man. And is referring to the fact that Jacob actually stopped someone from stealing muffins in the Capitol. Musk University said this quote from Elon, the ability of Twitter advertising to reach the most influential people in the world is often not fully appreciated. While a few other social networks are technically bigger, Twitter is where the writers and leaders spend their time. And Elon replied to his own quote. He said, super big deal. Elon tweeted out yay to the splashdown of Dragon. And then lastly, Doge Designer says breaking. Elon Musk is planning to build a city on Mars. He says top secret. Time for Community Mail Time. And remember, share your stories with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Community Mail Time. So our viewer Larry sent us this email about his Powerwall saving him money. I had my system commissioned yesterday. In 24 hours, this plus my solar has already saved me $2. This is only 49% offset for now. I have 27 panels and one power wall. I had solar on my last house, but no battery backup. I love the fact that it runs on the same app that my car does because I can truly see how much of the solar is offsetting my 2018 Model 3 long range. It also helps with our Nissan Leaf Plus and our $500 plus power bills. I can't wait until the bill shows the difference next month and future months. Nice. That's Congratulations. Exciting. Our viewer sent us this email while traveling through Tonganoxy, Kansas. I saw this gas station with nothing but headstones. Seems to be foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea sent us these pictures from Amelia Concours Delegates in Florida of uh, some GM vehicle. Our editor Joel sent us this video of an autonomous floor cleaner at their local Sam's Club. Vince sent us these pictures of this 2010 Tesla Roadster Sport from a ribbon cutting from uh, San Antonio's first version three supercharger. Edward spotted this electric bus going around Princeton University. Sandeep from India saw these 120 kilowatt charging points in Bangalore, India, alongside its petrol station. Thomas spotted this GM EV FedEx van in Los Angeles, California. Douglas spotted this Model Y in Jamaica. Heath found this Energica SE9 Plus in Goulburn, New South Wales, Australia. Will saw this Rivian R1S at the Chick-fil-A in Franklin, Tennessee. And Robert spotted these two Model Ys in Chandler, Arizona. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world. Hi, Jack and Jesse. It's Alex here. I'm at the Supercharger in Germany, Ashbourne. I know it is not new, but what is new is this Quicksilver Model Y that I just got yesterday. The location is in Ashbourne and it's the closest supercharger to Frankfurt, the bigger city where I'm living in. The supercharger is a 16 stall with 250 kilowatts. Also, they have here some places to eat like Burger King, KFC, Foco, where you can buy furniture. 
and really? the great gym, one of the best elements where you can train and have wellness, swimming pool, etc. So summing up, as it's my first supercharger, I will try to stay conservative and I will give this place 7 out of 10. And we're heading from California to Florida. We are in Buckeye, Arizona. There aren't very many stalls here and it's yet another one that's not very tow friendly. Access to shopping, access to food, access to restrooms. So for a Tesla that's not towing, I would give this a 8 out of 10. And for a Tesla that is towing, I'd give this a six out of 10. It's a beautiful day in Athens, Alabama at this eight stall. We're currently charging at 150 kilowatts. First charge ever on our Model Y 2022 model. Well, it's spring break in Alabama. Everybody heading to the coast. Every stall is taken. We're almost finished charging and we're gonna hit the road after our first supercharging experience. I'm in Centerville, Texas, where they did this pop-up for space supercharger version 3 250 kilowatts you never have to worry about trash cans because they put us right next to the dumpsters in the back of a woody's barbecue i get about a six out of ten for convenience but man it's way in the back got a lot of walking up a hill to get out of here Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. It's so nice to see all these superchargers in all these different places in the world. Remember that we have a website where you can go view all the supercharger reviews on a map so you know where they are and you can upload your own there. Remember to shoot them in landscape, keep them relatively short, and you might see them on the show. All right, it's time for new superchargers in the world. What do we got? Uh, we got a lot. We got the six stall in Shanghai in China. We got number 54 in North Carolina. It's an eight stall in McLeansville. We got number 16 in Maine is the 8 stall in Saco, Maine. Number 52 in Spain is the 12 stall in Teruel, Spain. Number 68 in Italy is the 12 stall in Mondovi, Italy. The 2 stall, 115 kilowatt in Changchun, China. The 16 stall in Newhall, California. Number 13 in West Virginia is the 8 stall, 150 kilowatt in Weston, West Virginia. The 3 stall in Zhangjiagang in China. Number 30 in Switzerland is the 20 stall in Lankwart, Switzerland. Number 70 in Taiwan is the 6 stall in Hailin, Taiwan. Number 112 in Texas is the 8 stall in Royce City. Number 343 in California is the 44 stall in Los Angeles at Venice Boulevard. That's going to be popular. Number 120 in South Korea is the 8 stall in Yumseong-bi, South Korea. The 2 stall 120 kilowatt in Wenchuan in China. The 2 stall 120 kilowatt in Fangchenggang, China. The three stall in Shanghai in China. Number 14 in Kansas. Number 1685 in the USA is the 12 stall in Overland Park, Kansas. A six stall in Chongqing, China. And number 1600 in China. Number 4814 in the world is the six stall in Chengdu, China. Nice. Woo. Made it through the show. All those tweets. Yeah. Didn't think I was going to do it. There's like 64 tweets or something. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Tesla Time News. We hope that you find it enjoyable. If you want to support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash now you know. We intentionally made this really good perk system where we put basically the best perk right at the bottom. So for $1 a month, you get our Patreon bonus stories. This is extra content that we'd like to put out every week for people who like us who want to support us and help support the show well, and who want to be part of a community i mean what i love about our community is that they're just wonderful folks yeah it's really nice i really appreciate all you guys we'll see you next week now, now you know. know this is the story of the one 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.